forget you've been wasting time You'll think you've been discussing history And he'll have left you far behind Ah, but when you realize he needs you And when you finally take some time The cool black night will fall upon you You'll find it easy to unwind It's time for another episode of 252 with your host, Frank G, Ralphie D, and Kuwata Kurt. All right, I know we got a nice topic at hand. 82, that was the year that Thriller came out. When Michael Michael really became Michael. Because there was the Jacksons and all that Jackson 5 shit, and there was even Off the Wall, but he didn't really become Michael Jackson that people think of. With the fucking glove and this, you know, all that shit until '82. And you know what? I'd sit here and we would all be liars if we didn't say how we were affected by that album when it came out. I mean, I I did the Michael. I I did my dance like Michael. I did the thing, and I was part of a dance group. And when we would do our dance group, there's one section where I would change my costume into like the Michael Jackson and I would do a Michael Jackson thing that's such a cultural zeitgeist uh, you say do the Michael Jackson thing and you automatically know what it is I mean it's not like some pop lock in some moonwalk and all that stuff but just those moves Michael Jackson thing that's what it is <laughs> Yeah, well, that was probably the biggest thing in the world that we'll ever see, you know, in our in yeah. our time. It was like Beatles size, huge, more than the insects and people at this point can achieve because the world is so much different. But you know, Michael right. Jackson was a global phenomenon. Like everywhere you yeah. went into, like places where they didn't have shit, they would still know Michael Jackson and get super excited yeah. when he showed up. You know? Yeah, it galvanized his music. Galvanized the world. It was like literally. No matter what country, it didn't matter. You couldn't understand the language. You felt the emotion. You felt the vibe of the music, and people loved him. I mean, that album, I mean, that's why it held records for as long as it had. I mean, it was just everyone had to gobble that album up. Yeah. Well, that's everyone had everywhere. I say it came out in in November 1982, but you remember that Uh album still being big. In 1984, <laughs> you know that nothing has done that yeah, since two years. It was still on. It, people yeah. still played it all the time. You know, not even yeah. you know, still selling. Just no problem. It was about 85 when when like once rap kicked that off, it went away. You know that that's really what started to tank the sales because we you know everybody had Thriller. Then it was time to buy LL and and King of Rock. You <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But that's really that. Well, I mean, it went that far. It went from 82 up until, yeah. you know, the, the, the birth of I still of remember, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that album, it was like, it folded out. I remember Mike being in like this, like white pants and a white shirt and like a yellow, like, sweater vest or something. No, that's a separate picture. Like that, oh. was, that was the... Yeah. That was the Human Nature single had the, the yellow vest. Is that what that was? The yellow vest? I remember that. Mm-hmm. I had yeah, one of those big ass, uh, like five foot silk flags with that picture on it in my room in like '83. 
<laughs> I wouldn't put Michael Jackson above the kid's bed now. It just could be bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's not, more, but it's just just a more, case. You know? Yeah, it's more lurking now than just him chilling, protecting you from evil. He's lurking. <laughs> Yeah, I remember back then you could get those you know, poster magazines for like 79 cents that had four pages of crap and folded out into a big wall-sized poster. And, and all of them were Michael Jackson at that point. You know, probably, I probably had at least eight <laughs> pictures of them. Uh, Michael Jackson and E.T. smuggled up with E.T. Yeah. yeah. yeah you, he, did the, uh, he did a song for that E.T. storybook album or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's how big he was. That like, yeah, he he was just hanging out with ET. <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, one of those golden books, uh, the little LP that came with the book. I think I may have had that. Right. There was also a, like a twelve-inch picture disc that had like it had Michael Jackson and maybe a red sweater with ET with his arm wrapped around him on the back. And it was yeah. him reading the story of ET. You know, because we used to buy things like that as kids. Before there was the internet, <laughs> yeah. we'd listen to someone read a, a book on, or a movie on on a record, and uh, yeah. Yeah, he did that and made a bunch of money as well. But you know, he yeah, he was that money. level of kid friendly at that point. Yeah, got some money from a young cool water Kurt because I had all that. Hell yeah! Big, big, big Michael Jackson fan. Because I remember it was like <laughs> when you grew up, it was either Michael Jackson or Prince. French people, they were Michael people. <laughs> I was a Michael guy. And uh, I, so, I did really, really, really enjoy Purple Rain. Yeah. Not so much that Cherry Moon. That movie was crap. Yeah, I was a Prince, yeah. Prince guy, but uh, I also, I liked Michael too. But, uh, but yeah, I, when, once Purple, like, when it was 1999 versus Thriller, I liked Thriller better. Because I wasn't even allowed to listen to half of 1999 at that point, but, uh, yeah, but once I Purple know, Rain right? came out, it was that was the winner. Yes, most most definitely. Plus, Prince put and, out records um, like every year, and Michael did one like every four yeah. or five years. It was harder to be, you know, you had to, you had to wait a lot longer. Yeah, and also they they I felt like they they meant more, you know. Uh, finally, when a Michael album came out, that's true. But if you didn't like a Prince record, there'd be a different one in eight months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one that one would be better. Prince is still putting out music, still. <laughs> he is, and there hasn't been a good one now in quite a number of years. But there have been uh, there's occasional good tunes like they you know, like oh this is a yeah. good song yeah. like, oh it's surrounded by an album. Surrounded by mediocre music. He went but, when he went Jehovah's Witness. He had to stop saying things that he liked to say that made him Prince. So now he can't talk about half of his subject matter, and it's all lame. You know, if he yeah, decided he yeah. can go out and start banging hoes again, he could write some more tunes. I'm saying, but now he's talking about being spiritual and your third eye and all that stuff. And right? It's like, hey, I, no, that's all good. I believe in all that. That's great. But let's get back to the hoe banging. Yeah, like what he does now on every album is what he used to do every third or fourth album, and it was cool when he would do it on occasion. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, Prince, he used to make some, he made his own, some real popular, I remember when uh, Vanity was at the local Chevy's, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I want to say Tommy was working, I was like, hey, and he was like, hey man, Vanity is at Chevy, you get the fuck out of here. 
It was like, yeah, man, they have a, like a church group or something in the back. I was like, I don't care, man, it's vanity. I'm there. <laughs> I got to see what she's working with. She's still good. It's, yeah, it's I mean, this was like 14 years ago at least. <laughs> yeah. She was there. She was there with a church group for real. They were like doing yeah. like a Bible study or something. And I just got walking by, like giving her an eye, like, yeah. <laughs> when I saw I you in the. <laughs> Are you still a nasty girl? <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, like, no, but would you like to hear about the Lord? Like, oh, fuck. Now we're stuck. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would definitely like to hear the good news, but say it's sexy. Please. There you go. <laughs> I know, man. I heard about three or four really bad jokes, but I don't want to go to hell, so I'm just going to let them go. <laughs> I guess the guy figured, hey, look, I want to go to hell, and I want to stay on the line with everybody else. I want to take the Hell Express. <laughs> but they can't see what they're saying. My God, my God, oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, well, you thought it, so you're going. <laughs> Man. But, but yeah, going back, uh, going back, um, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, that album, it, it did... It did hit me. I mean, I cemented, it cemented Michael's place in history. That's, yeah. I mean, that's definitely. And we had the LP. I had the tape. Uh, I had actually, tape. I the tape I got from like my aunt, and I wore that tape out. I used her Walkman. Like it was the summer after it came out, and I man, she still gives it to me this day about how I would walk around the house. Mama say, Mama say, Mama tu came out in November of 82, but I really remember that summer of 83. Right. It was just, 
That's because they had oh, yeah. that uh, that Motown special, and that's what really blew it. You know, it was it was selling okay, but that's what oh. made it huge. Was when he did his moonwalk on oh, TV. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, that must have been right after he did. I remember yeah. watching that live. I remember watching that live. Yeah. And then the next day at school, did you see that? Yeah. Was <laughs> that the American Music Awards? Is that what that was? That was a or Motown's was 25th Motown. anniversary special. Wow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so it had already sold like maybe you know a million or whatever. But after that, it probably sold another three million that week. You know, they, they sold a lot of records after from that point on. So it had it was almost like putting out a new record at that point. It, it lived its life and then it started over and lived a whole second life. Yeah, amazing. Crazy. That was some unheard of shit back in, in, in that time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, like there was Pink Floyd that had you know Dark Side of the Moon on the charts for thirty or something years. But they used to, you know, they used to weigh the charts differently. It was based on radio playing shit that they don't count anymore. Now it's just like how many units were scanned from store to store, and uh, it'd be really, really hard for anybody to stay up there for three months, let alone three years or two yeah. and a half years. Jesus. But, but, but to this day, though, I mean. I don't know when it happened, but Thriller is just associated with Halloween now. That, the, the that was song from, the, from the video, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my kids know, I mean, I'm talking about the younger kids, they know a lot of stuff. I mean, they're still playing the stuff on the radio. All, that whole album. Pretty much. They, they, nobody plays The Lady in My Life because that song sucked, but all the rest of yeah. <laughs> My 12-year-old knows the lyrics to PYT, and I'm like, wow. Somebody, I think, just redid that one, too, not to, or, or sampled it or reused it in some way. I saw that pop up somewhere, so yeah, yeah. I think that's popular again. Like we always do with this town, I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky, I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your And I was like, hey. <laughs> hey. I remember this when I was 10, 11. 
But yeah, some portion exactly. of his popularity probably did come from the amount of kids that did see you know the ET connection as well because ET also came out in, in, in summer of '82. So the oh, whole thing man. was kind of lumped together at the same. E.T. hit, then his record hit, then the Motown thing hit. Uh-huh. And just, uh, everything in the world was E.T. or Michael Jackson in 1984. You know, by that point, it had just yeah. or, or fucking Reagan or Prince. But, you know, the only one we don't like yeah. is Reagan out of the bunch. <laughs> well, that kind of sucked, but Prince was cool. No, and this, well, shoot, I don't want to jump ahead to 84. I'm going to throw my Ghostbusters thing in the mix, but uh, 82, uh, what, what else the, the we got The Ghostbusters were in the Army making stripes in 82, probably, right? <laughs> there you go. What was that? Stripes. That's where half the Ghostbusters were busy in 1982 getting ready to... Uh, yeah, they were training in the army to become Ghostbusters. A couple Stripes years was in '82, and that's a fact, Jack. <laughs> it might have been '81, but I think that was '82. Yeah, that was a uh, Blueberry um, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, young John Candy as well. A young John Candy. <laughs> and uh, John Larroquette is in that movie. John Larkin, yes. Yeah. Dan Dan Fielding. <laughs> nice to meet you, Dan Dan Fielding. Dan Fielding. Nice to meet you, Dan Dan Fielding. Yeah, definitely a great movie. Do you know how hard it is to be promiscuous on a budget in New York? <laughs> I haven't worn underwear since 1973. <laughs> oh, man. Man, I wonder Jen, if... Jen, you know, quotes off the top of the head. That's another one that uh, this show just uh, it would be so weird if they tried that now because half the jokes wouldn't fly because they'd be too no. offensive and then the ones they'd put in would be more offensive uh-huh. but not as funny. <laughs> yeah, to make it yeah, to make it good because, I mean, that show came out at a time where, I mean, I feel like Night Court... It was always like really late. Remember, always having to stay up late to watch Night Court. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like the nine thirty like show. 11. They didn't want us uh, yeah. eight year olds watching that shit. But I was totally watching <laughs> that when it came out. What eighty two? I think it was. So I was, you know, eight nine years old, something like that. Yeah, I I, I don't think I watched the original airings of Night Court. I think I used to watch it when it came on. There were like everything will have its run and then those first syndication shows when they would come on like before Fox was an actual station, all it did was just play, you know, repeats of the other stations and uh Sure. Fucking well, oh, yeah. Channel thirty one, forty one syndicated UHF all channels, those, yeah. on the UH the UHF channel. <laughs> At one point, we got 58, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 58 looks great. Do you remember when 58 started? 
And like for, yeah, for like a solid week, it was just a jingle that played on Endless Loop. We look great on 58. And then they started out with, with basically Nick at Night. It was playing Dobie Gillis and Mr. Ed. Dobie Gillis. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I Hell yeah. And Beef. Yeah. Yeah, Leave it to Beaver, Dobie Gillis, Mr. Ed. Monsters, the Adams Family, they were playing all of those shows. Yeah, yeah I thought that was great. And then they, they kind of switched that, over that to, was awesome, yeah. to showing like fucking the all westerns or something for a while. <laughs> like, Live from TV 58 Studios, it's Jackpot Bingo. Go, this isn't yeah, as cool. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because for the longest time, it was 31 and 40, which eventually turned into uh, Fox and. and uh, and 44, which I never, I, I never got 44 when I was young. <laughs> and then at some point, I only came in some days and other days it didn't yeah. come in. Yeah, you had, yeah. To have, you had to have cable to get 44 around us. You either had to have cable or just that, you know, the, that, that signal had to hit you right on, your, on top of your house or something. You had to be getting the proper nor- northeastern wind to blow it over from the <laughs> It was just a channel that you just didn't get it often. That's it. And then what? Ch- I think it was forty. I remember on Saturdays we'll always play like the uh, Seven Under Club before cartoons. And I used to always yeah. kill me. Oh my God, the Seven Under Club! Why is this on? Oh God, I care. But but what they what, what was cool though is uh, I remember waking up so early. Before the 700 Club would come on, the New Zoo Review would come on, and uh, I remember waking up watching that. The 700 Club would come on. I'd be like, "All right, time to go back to sleep until <laughs> eight when they start the cartoons up." Real cartoons came on. Yeah, I used to the, the 700 Club guy then and still now. It looks kind of evil, especially when you're a kid. Like I always thought he was kind of like yeah. the devil trying to spread some news on the morning. But then if I switched yeah. to the other channel, they had uh, they had, it was Doctor Robert Schuler and his Crystal Cathedral doing the same stuff from a, an older, gentler point of view. And I'm like, oh, this still sucks, but at least this guy's not scaring the shit out of me. I'll wait for Bugs Bunny <laughs> over here. Well, my mom used to watch like a lot of those television. I mean, that, that shit was like, I remember like, who was it? Jimmy Swaggett, Jim Baker, yeah. uh, right. Pat Robinson, um, Dr. Yeah. Somebody, oh, somebody. Yeah. I, I, they, we watched, my mom was watching them all, so a lot of the times, like, I have memories of watching it, kind of. But then when everyone started going through their controversies, then I was really like, oh, I knew it. Y'all <laughs> <laughs> motherfuckers ain't no good. Jim Baker. Jim I Baker was, knew. you know, he managed to bang Jessica Hahn until she had better titties. So come on, that was a good deal. There's one guy. There's one guy that can suck dick, look God in the face, and go, what did you expect me to do? Or, what baboo and bet me baboo. There's one man that can say that. Reverend Jim Baker! Oh, yeah, Reverend Jim Baker. Of course, we don't have to call him Reverend anymore. We can just call him Jim. 
Did this guy deserve everything that happened or what, man? This dick. Hypocritical, self-righteous bastard. Yeah, Jessica Hart. I mean, there was some surgery involved, but come on. Yeah, she would. Oh, Jessica Hahn. You know, if you're going to lose a kingdom over some pussy, this is the girl, huh? And this guy pick him, he goes from Tammy to fucking Jessica Hahn. The victim. She was a victim. They took advantage of her. They brought her down here and they fucked her and they came on her face and they drew pictures in it and stuff. And then I lost my faith. I can never believe in preachers again. I can never believe in God. And Playboy comes on and goes, listen, here's a million dollars. Can we take some pictures of your pussy? Oh, yeah, sure. Here you go. <laughs> Don't forget this. I know. Uh-huh. And uh, what did Jimmy Swaggart do? He did something. I remember him crying. He had sinned. I don't know what he did to sin. I have sinned. Yeah. I he have got caught banging an intern as well, I'm sure. You know, the thing yeah, is, dude, though... For all these guys that we don't give two shits about, we remember everything about them, and that's the thing. You know, they got immortality yeah. in their own way. Right. Yeah, it really happened. You know, you know, we've got it right now. I've never, I've never watched this guy's show. I've walked in, and my mom's watching it, or you know, heard some shit. Creflo Dollar. This right. guy's last name is Dollar, and it's like. What? What is this about? I mean, is that your real name? And I'm not trusting a guy who's got dollar in his name. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a. Uh, I thought that was a, a like a talk show about how to make money for the longest time. When I just saw it in the listings, and I saw that's that's a religious dude. Right. What the hell is, he, is that the guy that decided he needed them to buy him a jet not too long ago? Yes, yes. The <laughs> Lord needs me to have a, a fucking G twenty seven or whatever the fuck it's called. A G7 or G4. That so donate crazy. so I can have a jet. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. Right. I will if you promise to take it straight up and find the God. And then, then when you get there, you got to write us a letter or some shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, let me know what it's like up there. I'm going to just pass on you, buddy, whatever you got. I, I don't want nothing. So, yeah, so I'm one of those people, man. They do. They're, you know, literally billionaires off of, you know, the money coming from people who don't have enough to eat half the time and shit. Like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. There was a person, uh, my, my grandmother, she was living on her own down in um, Florida. And then uh, the family had got word that she was giving a lot of money to this church. And to come to find out that the church was just this pastor, then you can find out that this pastor was just this woman who was just like, I'm a pastor. And was like, oh, money in the community. And they had to go down and get my my grandmother because at, the, at this point, they, I mean, we didn't know at that time, but um, the, that dementia was starting to creep in. Oh, yeah, she was really just giving up and it's this person was using you know they using all this stuff I mean the the, the whole thing the, what's that the snake oil salesman charlatan the whole thing she was doing yeah. she supposedly had this church that she was trying to either get built or get relocated something along that man she was just preying on these uh, older ladies give God the first portion of your income say that with me Give God the first portion of your income. Give it first. Not after the deducts. Not after the social security. The hospitalization. The malnutrition. 
Not after all these things on your check. You say, well, I'm going to give God a little what's left. You do, and that's what you're going to get from God. place in hell for those fucking people because that is despicable you know I worry about my mom sometimes because she's always like yeah there's this uh, my pastor and he has this college and he's teaching us how to be pastors and I'm like wait what he wait what (laughs) like what's going on he has a school and you're giving him money for the school so you could be a pastor I'm like mom do you want to be a pastor she goes no I was thinking about it well are you paying him she's like yeah I'm like what's what are you thinking about? This is stupid. What is this man doing? I need I need more information. My brother really was getting into it. She was like, you just, you know, you guys just do you. I'm going to do me. And I'm like, yeah, that's not really working. You know, nah. And you, you worry about your parents, man. They start getting older, you know. They start making these, these life choices. And it doesn't, um, it doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this is the person who's like the strongest person in your life when you were growing up and you see them making these right really odd choices and you know the last thing you want is you know you know your mom is on a fixed income or your grandmother or you know and you, like, you don't want somebody taking what little bit they got that's just crazy yeah man I mean I, I tell you what my mom you know, say, uh, not not the same thing, but just along those lines. Uh, when they get up there, they're you know looking for something to something to do. <laughs> they get those uh, you know those pastors in their ear, and the, the blessings will come. They care about their family, and they want their family to get blessings. So send twenty dollars, and your family will be blessed. Next thing you know, you sent your life saving. You want your family to be blessed? Just send that twenty dollars to some sort of investment to your family, to your family directly. <laughs> you know, to, not to somebody yeah, else. When I was a kid, we went to this church, and this pastor was woo wee. He was slick and oily. Like when he walked down the street, man, he left a a trail behind him. And he was a child. I knew this man is foul. He's dirty. And we had sent to this apartment complex, right? And there was a lot of people in this apartment complex that went to this church. And he would come over and give, I don't know what you would call it, what do you call it, um, a little private Sunday lesson or something. Uh, <laughs> and you would see him creeping in and out of these people's apartments. And I don't know what he was thinking, that we were just kids, that we were just better, you know, seen and not heard. But it's like, we're looking at you going from... Sister Rhonda's house, Sister Tina's house, you know, we know what you're doing. We can hear. It was like the uh, uh, 
It's like the funeral home guy on Everybody Hates Chris that was uh, Raj from What's Happening. You guys know that show? From uh, uh, Everybody yeah. Hates Chris where uh, the funeral home guy, uh-huh. he kept like every time there was a widow, he'd like, oh, well, you know, we should go back to my place and we could do this. And, you know, and he'd like score with every one of the chicks after their husbands died and shit. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god like, come on man let the, 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 don't even let the body get cold yet exactly every time we were seeing we were out there clapping the most clocking the most <laughs> oh yeah I, I remember going to a few churches out here but the, the one where we met seemed at least the most reputable I mean maybe it's because I have some good memories being at Calvary but it seemed fine they seemed like they actually cared about yeah. their flock you know what, there was, since I had to go to the school too as well, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of racism, but they were doing the racism where they didn't really know they were being racist, I guess. <laughs> they thought they were being, you know, right? They didn't know, they didn't really know any better, and they were trying to, and then, uh-huh. you know, it is. You, are you just, are you talking about the kids though, or the adults? I'm talking about the adults. I'm talking about when they no. say that line that they all eventually end up saying, "What's like? Oh well, we like you. You're not like the rest of them. You're one of the, you're one of the good ones. You're one of the good ones. You know, you're like, ah, oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Because I talk the way I talk. Exactly. I think you you're here for you think that I don't. Know. Anyway. I've had to deal with that. Thank God I only had a two years there. <laughs> I only had a two a two year bid, and I was able to come home yeah. back home. Yeah, I'm telling you, there's a part of me that wishes that they I, I did have like that support system that was that would push me because you know the school would only oh, the school can only do but so much because you know you do have to sign up for those classes to go. They can recommend them, but I mean when it came to like going to your parents and then they have to like sign off on it well if my mom never saw that <laughs> that sign off sheet then guess what I'm just going to the next regular class uh-huh. that's what I was doing because I when I did do all those AP and college prep and you know all those classes I was like you know now I'm working really hard and I got to study and I got to do all this extra shit to get the the same aid that I would have got if you just left me alone well you know, <laughs> the reason why was not so much because they were trying to give us college level work it was because they were trying to make us look impressive to colleges they're like look how far much stuff this motherfucker has to do this 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 and then you're supposed to do extracurricular shit like sports and activities you know, in order to get that leg up, but none of us were going anyway, so it was really yeah, kind of yeah, fucking that's what stupid. Like, yeah, that's what was, yeah. Like, hey, 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 look, do you know what, what my financial status is? I'm not going nowhere. Yeah, so Damn. putting in the extra work to only be denied at the end kind of was a dumbass thing to do. that the one of us that would go to college would be Mike though and that was a surprise yeah <laughs> I didn't even know Mike was Bell College that was real <laughs> and, and, and uh, I thought that's why they had such simple names 
Yeah. Doug, he spelled it D-U-G, though. <laughs> <laughs> when we were coming up, I thought Pat and Tom were going to be the guys that were going to go through college. And then Pat really surprised everybody by, you know, joining the military right out of high school. Surprise! And Scott, yeah. and then, uh, and then uh, Tom attempted college. Yeah. He went. He, he showed up. <laughs> he went. He showed, he showed up. Yeah. yeah. I think that was the first, the first semester, first quarter. He was like, yeah, I'm done. That thing, he went to the University of Arlington. That was it. That shit is expensive. It's, that's hard to do. Unless you have, you know, football scholarships or some other shit like that. It's pretty hard to pay for that crap. Well, I think with him, he uh, unfortunately... Got a got a young lady pregnant, and then she wasn't gonna. That's have even the harder kid. to pay for then. <laughs> yeah, and he went. So he kind of dodged one bullet, only to come back home and do it all over again. <laughs> and I was just like, "Damn!" I was like, "Man, you just dodged the bullet." And he's like, "Yeah, well." <laughs> and then you know, that always changes. You know, kids always end up having a way of changing your your life trajectory. Right. But, yeah, you never know where it was going to go anyway. Probably just would have been fucking off money and having experiences doing other shit, but just not paying for a kid. Because, I mean, what, what do you have to save for? You know, nobody's thinking about retirement or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I say? To do it all over again, you know. Actually, if to do it all over again, I'm pretty sure I would have done exactly the same way that I did. No regrets, uh, right? First right. rule is to live beautifully and without regret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the second rule is like, <laughs> think back on all the shit you missed out on. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, have, yeah, I think no, I have no regrets. <laughs> there we go. Oops. Oh, oops. Oh, shit. I didn't know any better. Oh, shit. You learn everything. You see, you learn by fucking things up, and now that I know things, it's too late. You're like, well, that's you should work yeah. in reverse. You know, you should learn things before you need to know them, not too late. Well, see, uh, uh, actually, Frank, there was those sage old wise men that was giving us the game, and we were like, fuck you, old man. I'm going to do what I want to do. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. And you find out, wow. That son of a bitch was right. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> I don't want to give him the satisfaction of knowing <laughs> that he was right. I was wrong. Uh, that was just like um, at one time we said, if you can go back in time to your 15-year-old self, <laughs> what would you tell yourself? You only got, oh, what was it? You only got 50. You only have 15 minutes with your 15-year-old self. Robbie said, I would tell him, pull out. And I'd just stare at him for the next 14 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what was uh, your brother's? Oh, he said, uh, he said, I wouldn't believe myself at 15. <laughs> he said, there's no way you can tell me that I wasn't going to be a famous rapper. <laughs> You're lying, old man. 
<laughs> I don't care if you are me from the future. <laughs> and I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm not listening. <laughs> I'm not listening no, to nobody, man. not even myself. Basically, was my brother's <laughs> mantra in life. <laughs> I'm not listening to you, even though you're me. <laughs> oh, my God, we got off on it. <laughs> Back on topic, there wasn't. There was a lot of things that happened in '82, but there wasn't a you know a million songs that were good by a million different kinds of bands. But unless you do an all music episode, it's hard to cover all that. But but doing the overview, uh-huh. you know, some of the other really big things that year was it was a big year for the personal home computers. Where you know the Commodore 64 came out in 1982. Which was really the, the first time that people started bringing, you know, Apple IIs were you know, expensive as shit, twelve hundred bucks in in the eighties, and you weren't going to. Most people uh-huh. couldn't afford that at all. You know, yeah, like right. Sixty four Commodore sixty four came out was more priced like an Atari or a ColecoVision. People could start bringing those home. And that home PC was basically just boss, right? <laughs> It was yeah, it was Commodore's version of a, of DOS, their their own disk operating system. But sure, you were typing, you know, to get uh-huh. your commands in. If you wanted to, leave, you, things were loading from cassette still or floppies if you had the money. But you were definitely you know, <laughs> go to. You had to type in go to whatever and <laughs> click enter. Oh yeah, my there God. Was, the, to load the Commodore enter. was was a was a procedure. I don't even remember how to do it. It's been so long. But we had a VIC-20. I didn't have a damn uh, a floppy drive. I just had a cassette drive. So it was just load, and then you'd have to hit play, and then it would you know, take however long to play that fucking cassette to, to load up your little <laughs> program. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, you, I did, are, not, did not have any of that. I only yeah, got I that because... Uh, neighborhood even had... Like, nobody in the neighborhood even had that, like, 82... Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have a, I always wanted a 64, but we had a VIC-20 because my mom took like some computer class cuz that was going to be her new job or whatever. And she uh-huh. was there for like 3 months and bitched about it the whole time but bought the computer to work on it. And I think she got pissed uh-huh. off because she had to like, you know, she had the book laying there and I started doing the shit and then she was asking me questions about how to do it cuz <laughs> I already knew from school, you know, we were learning how to program. You know, on our school computers because I was in the you know the the three nerds set off to this other room thing all day in the second and third grade <laughs> in our isolated nerd laboratory to keep us away from the other kids because we might bite or something. I don't know what the deal was there. But uh, yeah, they had us showing the people how to do it. So then I was showing her how to do it, and I think that was like her fuck this point. And like I'm not doing this if he's doing this, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Can I have the computer then? <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. So, yeah, I was writing little <laughs> shitty programs when I was eight, and I think that's why they would never get me a real computer when I you know, actually needed one for doing real stuff, you know, which probably would have you know, helped a lot in the, in the era that I needed it. You know? Seriously. You could have done the goddamn jobs. Well, I, I don't know about that, but I would have definitely been able to get a programming job out of high school for sure, so... But uh, right. because that, yeah. that was just a matter of spending the time to do it, and you know, I know how to do some of that now. But it's a lot easier to of learn course, when you're twelve. You know, the sad thing is, uh, Frank. You know, history being, you know, what it is. You were so close to everything before you moved. You know, 
you could have you could have went down to Santa Clara and worked for any company. Well, yeah, if and if I would have had those skills, I would have. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, shoot, even with the lightweight skills you had, I'm sure. Uh, shit, <laughs> you could have on the job and trained and been right in the middle of the boom. Yeah. <clears throat> Like yeah, it me, wasn't. Like, it wasn't that. It took, you know, eight nine years after I was gone before it really got big like that because the there wasn't really an internet in '91 to speak of, at least not for the public. That's how I felt about my little my my. I like was really into graphic design and doing logos and doing storyboards for um, like advertisers and stuff like that, and when that stuff started mixing the medium with the computer. That's when I kind of bailed out because I was, you know, I did everything by hand. If I would have yeah. just took the time to learn and get involved with all that, it was right there. Like, oh yeah, yeah. They do all the all the comic stuff now is hundred percent drawn and inked and edited and whatever, just fully in the computer. It doesn't look yeah. as good as it used to by hand, though. I yeah I know I I like I like the old the old way but then again I mean I I do I can appreciate how they do it now. It's a lot quicker for sure now. Yeah, they, they can do it much I faster. I remember yeah. turning out those books in the early '90s, especially when um, Image got together. They did <laughs> not hit a deadline. I mean. The one thing you say about Marvel and DC, man, every fucking month they were turning out those books. Yeah, but now now they don't do it either. Fucking Marvel right now is something like eleven months behind on Secret Wars. <laughs> you know, like on Secret Wars, their biggest, most obvious thing that they've spent all their time planning, they're still months behind shipping those issues. Like fuck. Are you serious? Yeah. Damn. Like they're trying to get it out in time for the freaking uh, Captain America movies bef- before something goes. Uh, there's some sort of tie-in that they need to f- accomplish in time, you know, so they're rushing. Like, well, next week there's going to be two issues, and people are like, "Damn, those twelve bucks!" Because yeah, of course they're five ninety-five oh. a piece. Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh, do it. The new Dark Knight Ooh-hoo. issue, I think, it might have been. It was either eight ninety five or eleven ninety five. I'm not sure which, but either way, it was a ridiculous amount of money for like a, a seventy two page issue or something like that. Yeah, I actually was looking through on one of the websites at all. What was it? Forty two, forty seven different variant covers. <laughs> See, that's just the ridiculous shit, you know. And like some of those covers go be going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars the first day, you know, and then later on it's worth six bucks. Yeah, and it's it's crazy too how um, I mean to be a completist back when we're collecting. Let's say Frank, when you were in the um, heyday of your collecting, when you were actually collecting Spider, the amazing Spider Ham, as well as everything else. Sure, that was uh, that was tough. But I mean now. Just with the variant covers and how many different uh, company, comic book companies there are, and how many different uh, Spider-Man titles there are, and all that shit, it's like right. Well, it's, it's redonk. I, I would I would just assume that nowadays collectors only collect for just the love of owning it. 
not for any thought of making any money on them, you know, well, later. Most of them only are, it's the opposite. Most of them at this point are really only mm-hmm. collecting for the resale value. They'll open up, you know, a case of the new Dark Knight or whatever and find the best five or six and send them all off to CGC at, you know, however much a piece to get them encapsulated in plastic and get a number put on it. And, you know, they know for sure that ones that say nine, eight, nine, nine, or whatever are going to sell for a thousand bucks. You know, so it's worth investing to buy that case to send them all in and get, you know, sell off your best ones. So it's like if, yeah. you're, if you're a comic shop owner now, most of those guys, unless they really know you, they're, they're dicking everybody because they get, you know, if you order a hundred of these books, you get this one copy of a variant. Well, they get it. They're either going to give it to this ridiculously good customer if they have one or they're going to eBay it, you know. They're gonna, yeah. It's not gonna yeah. randomly pop up into one lucky guy's fucking box because they're not, you know, they don't have any money either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a business. It's so much more of a, you know, make that money business now. Well, see, right there, that just says that the fix is in. There's no way, as a true collector, you can get that. You gotta go, dare I say, black market to get the book you want. That's crazy. Or at least, you know, secondary you know, eBay shit. But, yeah, was, that $5 book is going to sometimes, you know, 2500 bucks. <laughs> you know, and if you right. really are, yeah, I would never, obviously. But some if I had 2500 bucks, if I had to buy a comic, I'd buy some vintage shit that I think is worth 2500 bucks, not like a copy of Walking Dead numbered one, you know. Right. Shit. <clears throat> Give me some, you know, vintage Spidey number three or something, <laughs> you know. That's what I'm talking about. Hell, they just did. uh, I saw this trade paperback. Marvel. It said Marvel uh, Star Wars: The Complete Covers. I'm like, oh, it's like the the 108 issues of Star Wars they put out in the 70s and 80s in a book, right? So I pick it up and look at Uh it, and it's like Star Wars number one from this year. I'm like, wait a minute. So I keep turning through, and it's a pretty thick book. It's the covers of Star Wars one through ten. Except they all had like eight to ten variant covers apiece, so it's a big, thick fucking book of covers for ten issues of comics. Covers, you gotta <laughs> be shitting me. <laughs> That's crazy. Like so, wow, twelve ninety five for a book of cover images from issues that came out in the past nine months. No, <laughs> I would not. No, that's no. crazy. Yeah, it's like I mean, I'm. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll read them as downloads and stuff, and when they're free and when they're not so free. But I'm not buying any of that shit anymore. It's just no, not, not even worth it. It doesn't even feel like. I mean, back in the day, just going to the Thompson Comics and you know, just the smell of the place, walking in and knowing that your comic saver had your comics in it that you wanted to actually read and you know follow these stories that you've been following being a part of all that that's i mean it it feels like it's lost now yeah but just even or the act of discovering old you know because we like you know go pull shit off the quarterback like what's this i've never seen this because you didn't care because it was a quarter you know or five for a buck or yeah definitely I used to hate that they would uh, make that black mark through it, too. But, I mean, I still got some <laughs> decent stuff off the quarter rack. Yeah, I hated that, too. But when I see them pop up now as I root through things and I'm reading stuff and one shows up with the mark, I'm like, aw. You know, it's like it's like the touching uh, a memory <laughs> yeah. of the past. 
Yeah. It's like the story here when I was a little kid. They they always stamped on the back cover with a big rubber red stamp, you know, Comic Kingdom with their address and phone number and shit. Like, motherfucker, why you put this on every issue that comes through here, you know? But now there's, it's a whole collectible, you know, a, a side thing on the collectible is like the Comic Kingdom mark is on some issues and it makes some people want them more or less, you know? Wow, he mm-hmm. made it. He basically created variants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of cool because, unbeknownst to him, he created that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. the real along with the early computers came the first computer virus. <laughs> that was <laughs> shit. important stuff. The uh, yeah, in in 1982, somebody came up with a, a virus for the Apple II that uh, you know they spread via floppy disks and it infected a bunch of systems. But back then, it wasn't going to get in and eat your hard drive and steal your financial data and ruin your life. All it would do was go from disk to disk to disk to disk as you made copies and people used them on other people's machines. You know, so you might get a thing that popped up and said, ha, 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 we screwed you. And, you know, that, but that would be it. When you turned it off, it would go yeah. away. You know, just don't, <coughs> don't use that disc again, right? Now, of course, there, yeah. you know, it's huge. You know, writing viruses is like the number one way people you know, steal money today. Yeah. You know, back then, it was more of an innocent joke. And it just it's how something can evolve from, you know, ha, ha, isn't this funny? I can do this to, you know, holy shit, billion dollar industry. Crazy, and who, and who knew the movie Hackers was uh, as accurate as it was? <laughs> it, it really wasn't accurate very much at all, especially like Fisher, <laughs> Fisher Stevens on a skateboard going through the supercomputer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Mister Johnny Number Five, I've lost my accent. <laughs> Fisher Stevens, oh lord! Yeah, he bangs <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, and we don't. So what are you going to do? You know, I got to give it up to Fisher Stevens. Oh, yeah. That was also the year. I know you guys remember this, too. People that weren't, if you weren't alive then, you have no idea. But that was the year that the Tylenol thing went down when they they found the cyanide in the Tylenol. Oh, the cyanide, yeah. So that ended up either being a hoax or or a few were tampered with, right? It was real. They just never figured out. That happened in Chicago, right? Yeah, they did. They never figured out who the real guy was. Somebody else tried to fake it in order to get somebody that they didn't like later, but they caught that person. Mm-hmm. But the real, the real deal, they never did figure out exactly who that was. It just uh, okay. But the the thing is, as far as I do not remember that at all. Really? Well, you you're, you youngin. <laughs> oh, that was. Well, he was. You were in Chicago, or were from Chicago, so that was a bigger deal for sure. Yeah, but the thing is, that I can't remember if I was there at the time, but I do remember it being a big thing that was talked about in my household. If you remember uh, back then, you could buy, you know, like say the Tylenol or whatever pills you were buying from the store that weren't prescription would come in a little box or not sometimes, uh-huh. and then you'd open the bottle, just you know, pop it open, and that was it. There was yep. no seal, there was no cotton, there was no, no, no freaking yeah. thing to absorb moisture. There was just pills in a bottle. You know, and after right. that is when we started getting, you know, first the bottle has got a seal on it, then it's got a cap, then it's wrapped in another thing, it's got the cotton inside, then it's in a box that's sealed with a seal around that, and so on. You know, all of that stuff started in 1982, right then, because somebody somebody did that, and they went, oh fuck. <laughs> you know? We used to have capsules too. Remember the pills you used to be able to pull them apart and drop little balls out of them and stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. That. They went to all the, the sealed hard pills after that. They're like, uh-uh, you're not going to open those up. So it, was like, it really changed a huge industry, that, that whole pharmaceutical industry that is now probably the second biggest thing in the world. Yeah, tamper-proof with the seal. If this seal is broken, do not open or do not use. Yeah. You know, before that, we were perfectly fine without those, but after that, it became the thing. Now, it's never happened again since. Now, would it ever have happened again since if they didn't do that? Probably not, but... <laughs> yeah. That was, that was the, birth, the birth of the era of overprotection for, you know, for your safety. Yeah. That's where it began. And, uh, for your safety, we got to... You gotta take your shoes off at the airport now. Thanks a lot, shoe bomber fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, every year it's something else that sets things back a, a little bit further. <laughs> One step forward and two steps back. Fan. All right, oh, uh, MC Scat Cat. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say. Uh, <clears throat> I already told Ralphie, so I'll let you know, Frank, that uh, after 15 years, yes, my novel is finally finished. Oh, cool. Just in time. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's an excellent gift. Yeah, Yeah, you know, it's funny, too, because I've been sharing it with, you know, people in my family and my kids and whatnot. And, yeah, nobody, literally nobody cares. You know, I'm just like, man, I, you know, I finally finished the thing. They're like, oh, yeah, that's good. I'm like, no, seriously, it's done. I've been working on this for 15 years. As long as you kids have been alive, I yeah. have been working on this book. Yeah, it would, it, would, it, it would probably be more impressive if you worked on it for 15 years straight, but it was like four controlled bursts of uh, yeah. work <laughs> that resulted in 30 pages each or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. That was I know, it. I'm saying. If they would have seen, seen you slaving over a table like by yeah. light for 15 yeah. years in a row. <laughs> looking like, uh, looking like uh, Hemingway with a uh, bottle of whiskey and a shotgun in my cabin <laughs> trying to get this last chapter done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, uh, all right, let's see. The last <laughs> important thing that year, I would say, uh, even though none of us for sure had them yet, was uh, the, the debut of the CD. Yeah, the first CD player shipped in 82. Oh. I saw one in 83, probably. Cause, yeah, uh, I think I didn't see a CD until, oh, God, it, was, it, was, it had to be the late 80s, first actual CD I saw. Okay, yeah, I saw one of the earliest, uh, probably the earliest player, but because I do remember them being in the. Uh, I do remember them being in those tall boxes. Oh yeah, now you know why they use those. Yeah. I have no idea. All right, uh, uh, the, the basic reason why they had to put those in people are like oh so they wouldn't get stolen because they were small but really cassettes were smaller than CDs right so it wasn't that it was the fact that they already had record bins and they were phasing out the LPs. So they put them in those boxes because two of them side by side was 12 by 12, same size as a record. 
So they can shove two CDs in a record bin, you know, double up and not have to reconfigure anything in their store whatsoever. So all of that, which people later complained was a huge waste of cardboard and packaging and whatever, was really just so they wouldn't have to redo their shelving for a while. But the bonus, uh, they, bonus know, was I got they, those. They all posters. knew <laughs> that uh, that actual records were were on the way out. Well, they were making them go out. There was there was yeah. no. It, it wasn't. They CDs were waiting were to see. They were killing it on cheaper, purpose. They can hold a lot more. It really was data. neither of that. It was the fact that everyone there was a new rate negotiated, so they had to pay artists more for a record or tape than they did for a CD, and the CD cost the consumer twice as much. So the record label basically made four times as much on the sale of a CD as they would on a record or tape. So they didn't want you to buy records or tapes anymore. Damn. Damn. That's a trickle down for your ass right there. Holy shit. And then they kept making the CDs sound worse and worse by making them louder and louder because they wanted to sell more digital amps to the point where it got now where people are going back to buying records again because the CDs sound so shitty. (laughs) Well, good job. It all goes full full circle because now all those records that people used to get rid of for, you know, a quarter to a dollar are going for hundreds of dollars a piece. Wow. Uh, A whole new market was created. And just a a new regular, like, because they release records again, you know, just to buy someone's new generic album that came out, whatever, this week is generally at least 16 bucks, but more like 25. Yeah. And I know a lot of hipsters are now putting their new shit or whatever on uh, LPs, blah, blah, blah. It's the new... Yeah, they're even doing some some cassettes, too.
daughter. Pull yourself together. Street. 